My name is uh, Edwin Brees. I'm working for the Belgian radio and television uh, since 1972, something like that. Uh, I'm retired now. And at a certain moment, I started to make radio documentaries, but without knowing what it was. But I was fascinated by this strange mixture of uh, sound and silence and spoken word uh, and, and music and what the mixture could give as an uh, from 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 this assembly. Uh, then little by little, I, I I started to know what it was, and then I became head of the feature department and radio drama. Um, but uh, it has been a discovery, really, uh, to, disc- to discover the intimacy of the medium radio, the strength of the human voice, and another element which is so important, it's the confrontation with someone else. Because when you talk radio, you talk to someone, or you talk about something, and this connection between intimacy and confrontation with people around you in the world have, uh, has been for me very essential. Mm-hmm. And why Simon Els? What? Why Simon Els? Why you mentioned just his name? Uh, you, you said Simon L, like, like someone else. Someone else. Oh, it's, like, it's very funny. <laughs> because I was like, hmm, <coughs> Simon Elms, yeah, of course. <laughs> no, 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 like someone else. Or, yeah, 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 yeah. It's funny how it could be. Okay, yeah. yeah. The intimacy. Uh, what was the most intimate story you recorded? Or how did you reach the biggest intimacy? It's a hard question look, looking back to to interviews I have done. I guess it might be Captain von Streip. He was a sea captain. On how do you call it? On the long shore, the, 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 the very, very uh, long, long trips. And... Uh, He had an extreme discipline on board. He was the boss of, of perhaps uh, 100 or 110 uh, people. And one day, of course, like all seamen, once they were in a harbor, they get out and they got two bars and to drink. But this was a real gentleman. And he got to the Opera of Paris. And uh, he immediately fell in love with the lady who was singing Carmen, Carmen Puiset. And the man had so much style, you know. He had a, a little visitor's car, uh, Captain Von Stripe, with the picture of the boat and so on. And he delivered something like 48, I don't know, 48 roses to her loge. And then okay, the captain was invited. And said it was the, the start of a... A love story, and she came with us on the boats, and she was the only woman. He said, "Can you imagine all those people there in big storms?" And she was afraid of nothing, and she was standing in front of the ship, singing uh, Carmen and other operas, and all the the crew uh, adored her. 
So this was a man with such a glorious past. I find the man finally in an old people home in Brussels. And his task was to prepare the bread, ham and cheese bread, for all the old people of the home. And they asked him because they knew he had a discipline to that. Every day at six o'clock I get up to prepare. This was such a, a moving story in which you have all the glamour of the world and all the misery of the world. And, and, and uh, the intention to achieve something, whatever you do. So you think that was the most powerful story you ever recorded? Well, it, it's one of the, of the powerful ones. Other ones, perhaps, have never been recorded. The, the strongest story were never, never on tape. Once I was in the United States in 1976, and it was the year of the bicentennial of the United States that exists since 200 years. So uh, I, I made a proposal to my directors and my project was an expensive one because I said I, have to, I want to go to New York, to Las Vegas, to the Grand Canyon, to San Francisco and Los Angeles. People said, but you are crazy, it will never be accepted. It was accepted. Okay, one day I was uh, in, in Los Angeles Uh, for such a big trips, let's say that half of the appointments are made before and half come by surprise. One was by surprise. I was invited by a journalist of the Los Angeles newspaper to go to the premiere and the press conference of a young couple of ballet dancers. And okay, they present me and they come in. A beautiful young woman, blonde, a magnificent silhouette, pushing a wheelchair. And who was in the wheelchair? Groucho Marx, the one of the three Marx brothers. But he was completely crazy. And he was showed like, a, like some big piece of cake, uh, just, just for show. And the lady, uh, the, the, the bombshell said, yeah, but you can interview him. I tried, but never came out. Or he gave silly answers. So sometimes very promising interviews are just coming too late. And he's uh, giving his last show, but also too late. Mm -hmm. How do you choose your topics for your interviews? Or how did you do it? And in time, actually. <laughs> not, yeah. Not late. It's, it's very hard to look for a topic. It's a nightmare for every feature maker. I remember myself uh, having to prepare them, also having, or having to ask to people who worked with me a topic for next week. And there's something very wrong with a topic. Even that wrong that I ended up to go to the telephone book, to the yellow pages where you have all the, the, the craftsmanship, the skillsmen, the, 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 the carpenters, just to say, the magicians. Could I find something there and there and there? Because in my mind, I had the idea of a topic. Like nowadays, people would say, uh, a topic for me would be 
refugees, uh, people getting bankrupt, uh, corruption, uh, political uh, influence where it is not needed, sexual abuse, all the big social themes of... Uh, so there's a big uh, appeal on us to talk about this. But often I said, that's not my first point. I want to hear a story first, a story. And in each story, good story, there will be a topic. But just run into the topic first, like my job is done. And I have, uh, I have um, uh, agreed and I have performed uh, my social function in society because I have talked about the refugees. But a, a good story doesn't work like that. Some years ago, I was in the United States uh, at the Third Coast Festival, which is a big radio festival. And one event was a pitching event. What is pitching? Pitching is presenting a project to a boss or someone who can, who had the power to decide, okay, I will take your, your project or I will neglect it, I will refuse it. And like a joke, they said, it's like if you take an elevator in a big building and you have two or three minutes to be in the elevator with your boss, try to be as short as possible because time is limited, but as convincing as possible concerning the, fee, the, the, the topic, the character, the location. Tell him everything, but shortly in three seconds. So this was a pitching session for, let's say, 100 people assisting to this seminar. First guy said, oh, I have an idea. I would like to go back to Sicily. My parents-in-law came from there a long, long time ago. I would like to know where I am coming from. I would like to discover my roots, to go to Sicily, discover the village where he lived, where they lived, the cemetery, the church, the school where they went, where they, they went and so on. And in front of the people who were pitching were sitting five directors of different public radio stations, private radio stations, community radio stations. And one looked to the other and <laughs> they all agreed, no, rejected. Why is it rejected? Yeah, but you have to realize, realize, young man, that in the States, everyone is coming from somewhere. Your parents might be might come from Greece, Italy, Portugal, um, I don't know, Norway, Ireland. Why should your grandfather, for me, or your grand-grandfather, such an extraordinary person, that I want to hear this whole story. It's very, very, very common, and sorry, there's nothing, nothing to say about that. So for us, it's 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 a no. Secondly, these types of stories has been presented to us three hundred times a year, and then suddenly. Um, <laughs> may, may I? Of course. <laughs> I think it's good for my voice what you brought. 
ברז'רובקה. ברזרובקה. who offered her shelter and food, a roof, all these things. Uh, and at the end of the war, she could go back to the United States and have a comfortable life there. And it always had been, had been her dream to find back those gentle people of Poland who saved her life. Finally, there wasn't internet yet, after many, many letters and so on, She found trace of this family. And this family returned a letter to her. That, How good to have found you. We have thought of you also for many, many years. And it would be nice to be in contact again because uh, you owe us very much. And by that, the Polish family meant very much money. We have invested in you. We have saved you. It has cost, cost us a, a, a lot of slotties to, 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 to uh, pick you up in our family. Now time is there to restitute what you owe to, to us. Then you see here how interesting the, the topic becomes. You have the, 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 this uh, contradiction and this tension between uh, people who are supposed to be very charismatic very free and offering all they have and then at the end they want money back and there you have the real tension that I expect to be in a feature or in a radio documentary that's why this was a, a real strong story and with a strong story at the end you can say well this is about hypocrisy This is about uh, exploitation. And then you will find the name of the topic easily. But it's better this way than say, I will make a program about exploitation because I'm very, very concerned about what's going wrong in the world and about bad people. And, and that's my task. No, start with the story. And you will get sooner to your topic than going straight to your topic. How should we recognize that the story is like strong and that's, that's enough for the feature? It's a very good question because it happens so much that people who want to start a documentary, they feel like, oh my God, this story is something special. And perhaps it's something special if you tell the story to someone in the bar late in the evening. Oh my God, that's strange. Wow, I didn't know that people like that existed. You, you should write a book about that or, 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 or make a radio program about that. Yeah. Sometimes it's good enough to make a radio program, what we call a reportage of five minutes. But a longer story needs... more and there are some ways to get more 
out of a story. Even at the beginning, if the story doesn't seem that thrilling, and I was talking about this intimacy and uh, confrontation, I have one example where it helps um, in the EBU Master School, which, which was just a master school for young, talented, young radio people in, in Europe. Uh, there was one young lady, Katie Birmingham, from London. I happened to be her coach. Each one in the school has a coach for nine months. She said, I'm a, I have a story, but I'm not quite sure it, it is strong enough. What is, what is it about? Well, she said, last week I went to a flea market on Hackney, Hackney's part of London. And I met an old man looking for vinyl records of the 50s. Uh, vinyl uh, phonograph records. Now, wh wh why was that? Well, he was married to uh, a lady and after 50 years of mar marriage, he wanted to offer her a big present, something that she liked very, very much, and that was a cruise on the Queen Elizabeth. That was her ultimate dream. He said, how to pay it? So he was first, he was a dance teacher in big hotels. At that time, cha-cha-cha, rumba, waltz, uh, foxtrot. And he was also a DJ, how do you call it? DJ. He, he, he played music in, in, in big concert halls and, and cafes and so on. So, to get money, he sold all his uh, vinyl CDs. On the market, sold everything. And he sold his double turntable. Oh, his double turntable. Yeah, for DJ. They made their trip. They were very happy. They came back. A few weeks later, his wife died. A few weeks after her death, the postman rings at the door and brings a big parcel in brown paper for him. He opens it. It was a new, brand new double turntable offered by Iris. Iris was the name of his wife. Uh, ordered before her death, before, as a present for him. So he was there with his turntable. And I thought, I don't have any record anymore. So he went to the, to the, the flea markets to look for records, and there he met Katie. And then I discussed with Katie, yeah, it's, it's a strong story. But she hesitated. She said, yeah, but it's a story told by one person uh, looking back to the Past, but what, what happens actually in my program? Not very much. I said, I said, are you able to dance? Oh no, she said. When I had to dance at school, we had to play Annie, the musical, you know. And they put it me always at the back row because I was so clumsy. I couldn't take the rhythm and the measure and so on. Said, ask, ask your old, old man, 83 years, Bob. The man of whom I'm talking, 83 years, he's a dance teacher. Ask him to learn you to dance. And then Bob said, yeah, wonderful idea. Uh, do you know the waltz? 
Oh, well, I will learn you the waltz. Tomorrow at 10 o'clock we start and we see how it goes up. And then this becomes a wonderful story. Why? And also dramatically, why? Because uh, Katie, who was just an interviewer, passive role, of course, listening carefully, but nevertheless, passive. She became suddenly uh, what we call a dramatis personae. She was part, she was a character, and she had her own story. Will she be able to to perform finally the waltz or not? Uh, and he, instead of looking back to his past life, he got a second youth. And the strange thing, 83 years, she, 25 years. And there was like a kind of obscure, unspoken, not very clear, sweet relationship between them. No more than that, not something to, to, to imagine what was not there, but very, very close, very warm. And then she was so clever. So you see, how to make from a normal story something which is stronger? This was, first of all, putting herself into the story, which makes that, that as a listener, you, you are really captured by that. And then secondly, this was very uh, real, real uh, strong of her part, during the dancing sessions, they had little microphones on their chest. So uh, they speak about... Uh, Left and right and one to three, one to three, slow, slow, head above, all, 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 all this uh, stuff. Um, and this was very lively. And then once the recordings were done, she went to the uh, record studio with me. She said, now I will listen. But of course, she did. She was well prepared. She did before. She listened to all the tapes and, and she made her choices. I will need that and that and that. And she listened to that on the headphone. And then, on these recordings in which you heard the two voices, hymns, but also her voice, she gave comments. It's her voice on her voice. It's like a meta voice. It's like the moment, the first moment is the moment of action, dancing, action. The second moment is the moment of reflection. And she says, now... I see him back in my mind. I see him back. I see his silhouette, his shadow on the wall when he turns, when he makes a big turn. One would say he's 25 years again. So this is full of, of poetry and uh, so cleverly done. Uh, another example of uh, making... I was the coach of a young guy from Tallinn, Estonia. And first of all, we talk about a possible topic and subject. He said, I, I have a topic that might be interesting or a story. I know someone that is gay and he studied in London to become a priest. And he finished his studies in London and his dream was to work in Tallinn as a priest. And of course he needed for that the permission of the bishops. And then he said, by the way, I was talking to, to, to Melis, the, the student, he said, by the way, I'm gay also. 
I don't care at all. Good luck with, uh, with your relationships and so on. Uh, but sometimes stories come from deep inside one. Then the young man coming back from London, the priest, was not, was not uh, allowed to become priest. And he started to work in a bank. In a bank. Very boring job. Money's giving stamps and so on. I said to me, this is what I often say to people, if I'm a coach or something like that. Ask people who are making a program to ask their main character about their agenda. My topic is uh, his problem with being gay and so on. Why do I need to know what he has to do tomorrow and, uh, and the day after? Ask. And then the young priest said, well, on Sunday I have a repetition. Repetition of what? Ah, I, I play music. What do you play? The viola. The viola. Alt braccio, alt viola. Yeah, and, and w where do you play? In the church on, on Sunday at the big mass, 11 o'clock. Ah. Do they know who you are? No, I play incognito. I'm not allowed, to, otherwise, uh, I gave a. No, 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 no. no. no a gay viola player. That, 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 uh. But he played good enough to be able to play in the church and not too good to be too, too fancy as well. He said, Yeah, but I'm not the only music uh, musician in the church. There's an organ player who plays with me. And he's also gay. My God, this is an incredible story. And it came all out because of asking them about their agenda. And then I had a good relationship with, 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 with uh, Melis. I said, what is the essence of your program now? If, if you could reduce it to one word. So it's about the secret, in fact. Ah, absolutely about the secret. How do we talk about the secret? Are you shouting? Oh, no, 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 no. Whispering. Nearly whispering. I said, okay. And uh, what is his real problem of the divine player? That is God. He is in trouble with God. He feels that God has left him out of his uh, of his life. Uh, he he doesn't get any answer uh, when he put a question to God. No answer. He's very angry on God. His secret it's uh, it has to do with, with God, and he cannot shout about it. Said, let him go to the church and speak to God and whisper to God as he only, only can. So he went to the church before the mass, sat there alone and started to complain towards God, whispering, and why he was angry. So it was a very strong radio moment and it was guided not manipulated. No one said, 
you have to, or this man has to say this or this or this, but just trying to give a kind of dramaturgical form uh, in the storytelling and mainly uh, looking for the most radiophonic, stylistic ways to render the story. And this worked very well. So there are sometimes way to, ways to find a solution. Yeah, of course. <laughs> no, it's really good. It, yeah. it, it, it's really good. And it, 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 it's magical to talk about radio. <laughs> you, you brought this and I couldn't stop talking. Mm -hmm. Well, there is a... This is my secret... Uh, yes, yes, it, it's, it's a secret... May I? Well, okay. It, it, it's a secret arm. <laughs> Every time when I do interviews with someone, <laughs> I give the hair of cup. Skull. Skull, skull. Skull. Skull, 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 skull. Skull. Yeah. Okay, well, now let's start with some, you know, real questions. What is actually, like, feature? What's feature? Perhaps I could say... Uh, what is the difference between a feature and what we as radio listeners normally experience like a radio story, which is mostly kind of a reportage. A reportage, you know the word is, is used also in your language, I think. Eh? It's about uh, what happened, where and when. It has to be short. It's up to date. It happened mostly Today it can have happened in the past, but it has it had a short form. The feature goes much more further than that, and puts the question: How has it happened, or why? One of the most interesting questions in life is: How could it come so far? When you look to the leaves of people, but how could it come so far? What is this mysterious, sinuous, uh, hard to ha have a grip on elements that this person organized his life and took decisions like this or yes or no or yes or no? So it's to unravel all these uh, mysterious lines in someone's lives, in that case the feature helps. And the feature helps, why? Because for some things in life you need time. To cook well, you can cook shortly, but to cook well it need, needs some time. To read a book, it needs time. To make love, you can do it, but it needs time. So feature also needs time in that sense to, 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 to dig into a kind of unknown territory. If you compare also to, to the common stuff on information, on radio and so on, I would say if you compare a society to a chess game, a chessboard, in most of the programs they are mainly the kings, and the queens, and the horses, 
who are on speech, who are, who are speaking. But the simple pounds, much more or less. And these are the politicians, the sportsmen, and the people of the entertainment business. Those three categories, they speak up everywhere. But a rich documentary often shows the people who undergo the effects of those who have the power and the decision. So they are not the big speakers, but those who are influenced by this. And often the very best documentaries are about people who want to do something, but they can't. Or people who don't know what they want to do, who hesitate. Or people who don't know what they want. Not at all. Uh, so it is this line between dream and deed, between reality and ideals that are the strongest, the strongest feature in which you can feel this distension. So there's a kind of melancholy in some of those features about what life could have been, but haven't been. It sounds perhaps a little bit sad, but there are many things in life has a, a little bit a bittersweet taste, and melancholy has this 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 effect. Huh? Uh, maybe can I just um, turn off the radio or maybe close the door because I, I don't hear it, but sometimes when you someone right. play it or somewhere. You are absolutely right. When is the beginning of the feature? Is it like the beginning of storytelling actually? Because people were, you know, talking about interesting things in life. It's very hard to say where where is the beginning. I think it has to do with uh, uh, developments in technology, in techniques. And uh, I think it was in the... 65 or 70, that people in the radio started to use stereophony. And Peter Leonard Brown, who is the founder of the Pre-Europa and uh, from Berlin, and also of the International Feature Conference, he started to work with stereophony and the possibility of, have, of having a portable record with this very wide range of uh, uh, recording field opened so many ways and incited people to discover. It was like the first photographs who had a wide angle camera and they want to go to far away countries, to exotic countries. And here also in the radio feature we feel that Programs came out like about Iceland and Greenland or focused uh, on the, the acoustical secrets that now could be recorded very well, like Brown with his glocken, the bells of Europe, 
or with, with his chickens, the battery chickens. And so these recordings were so new because they changed in our head our perception of the acoustical world. Much more precise, much more uh, stronger. And then there's a second effect which explains a little bit the success of, of the features. And it's often like this in the world. Sometimes it's enough that one person has an idea. Not, all, not always 20. And it happens also that this one person who has an idea is multiplied in other countries by seven other people who has the same idea, but they don't know about each other. But by some strange mystery of energies, they meet. Here there was a reason to meet, because they all worked for radio. But Brown met people from, from uh, I don't know, from, from Denmark, from Belgium, from Sweden, Orke Blumström, and then started to come together once a year and to listen to each other programs. Uh, so it means a movement uh, can be started just by the, the idea, the will and the strength of one person and this magical logic of numbers in the world. And there you are. What, what do you think, what would happen if they uh, haven't m met, like, in these times? Or if Leo didn't start the stereophonic of chickens and stuff, if he didn't find it, who would do it or what would happen? Or maybe today we would just have no radio or... Yeah. I think at a certain moment uh, in time, things are ready to come on the surface. If it is Leo Brown or someone else, it, it would have happened because the technology was ripe to put on the market and to, to develop this kind, this kind of technology. One thing is that, okay, it would have happened, but you need someone with the, with the energy and the charisma to do it the push to do it. Uh, he might be considered a little bit like a, like a bulldog, uh, but even in his sometimes brutal ways of expressing his opinion about the program, he was often so, and still is, so right. And this is something new that we discovered in this international feature community, that for the first time, There was an international meeting. In the beginning, 12, 15 persons, later 50, 60, 70, up to 100 and more, in which, uh, without any gêne, without any disturbance, you feel free to express your opinion about a program. And not in the context of competition. Brown called this IFC a shoemaker's conference. We learn here to make the best shoes possible. And all the rest, we don't care too much who is better than, than, than someone else. 
and he has uh, he has given this strength to other younger people to uh, transpose to transmit the, this this willingness of uh, going as far as you can in quality because it's very strange in the feature world there's a kind of i wouldn't say sick fixation on quality but it has to be good if it's not good go back go back uh, do your interviews again but it's for so many things in life if you say here my my <coughs> i keep my arm at 90 degrees high this is what i expect what i could expect for myself as 100% quality of course it never will be it would be be arrogant to say and then your director said but why do you spend so much time for this recording and you go back and back because you are not happy no one will hear if you arrive at 95% of the quality that 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 you want to bring perhaps he's right uh, bring it back to 90% okay perhaps 90% of the people will not hear a less of quality because my recording if you have another boss who is still more factual and materialistic and that he says listen now for the feature instead of having five days in the studio to do the final editing we give you three days then you see that this level of quality drops down to 65 or 60% and then you may be sure people will hear it people has have good ears now now there's something wrong there they don't work as they used to do i don't go back to this restaurant because they they their sauce bearness it lost it it's it finesse their mayonnaise it's it's fat all this this kind of remarks well uh, and they say that leo is some some kind of godfather of feature would you say that I I don't like too much the 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 the, the big words like like uh, guru, godfather. One is only guru or godfather thanks to other people who surround you and who blow you under your holy wings. Some magnificent breath so that you can plain on this but of course godfather no problem but i i mean these are not the terms that i used to talk about people i wouldn't say that picasso was a godfather or beethoven or bach is the godfather no one cares and is there actually any difference between feature and documentary <coughs> because i know that uh, in some countries they use the word feature In Czech Republic it's documentary we don't use feature is there any difference or it's just it doesn't matter it's just the same but mm-hmm. it doesn't matter at all this question comes back very very often and i think it has to do in which country you you, you live um uh, sometimes feature it it can mean uh, a hot topic uh the um, 
Uh, Newsweek or the New York Times this week features a story about a radio documentary. Sounds a little bit dry. When I started at my job to be in charge of the radio documentary department, it was announced the programs in the newspapers as this day, Saturday evening, 10 past 10, and it was in a radio documentary. I mean, in the newspaper and the television papers. This sounded so very, very, so very, very, very boring radio documentary. And then I said to the team, we should look for a good title for the program. You cannot write a letter to the station and say, dear radio documentary. It's crazy, eh? So finally I, I, I found, I, I think I found, and I called the program Piazza. Piazza in Italy is the public space, the public square, uh, in which between six and eight, all the people come together and they talk. They talk about the stories of the day, about the, 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 uh, their desires, their fears, whatever, the politics and so on. At eight o'clock, everyone goes home, back home, and then they eat. But piazza. And I made a trailer, music. I asked someone to, to make the, the trailer with a little Italian mandolino in it. And I hired an Italian actor in Brussels. It was a big man with a big motto, and he came, ah, Piazza, il sogno della vita, il del tempo, two or three little things to say, okay, this is about what, what's happening around us, that's it. But people could write letters, dear Piazza, not dear the documentary. Mm. That's nice. <laughs> you think um, is the future like capturing life? Is the future um, the picture of real life, or is it like more poetic way how to express life or something? I think there are two tendencies. Uh, some feature authors try to find in the reality, because we all we all start from reality in general. Otherwise, we are working in the, in the field of, fict- uh, of fiction. Uh, try to find elements that transcendent or transcend this reality into something which is more uh, poetic, untemporal more above the, 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 our notion of the actual uh, time and also more abstract. So they work with uh, natural material of every day that happens in the street, on our squares, on our television sets, uh, wherever uh, social life is going on and, and social movements and... and uh, and facts are ha- taking place, but they try to take out of this something more, uh, perhaps metaphysical, more universal. And this is a big strength of a feature. It's to start from a very precise event or person, 
character or historical uh, event and then look in which this can help us to understand better society and all the f different forces who are working with each other or against each other in, in, in society. So there's often in the good future desire to become a little bit bigger than we are, although we are small, but to, be, to see a little bit a larger picture. But sometimes it's hard for the future to not to be pathetic or something. Like, it's, it's difficult to avoid. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think. <laughs> I think nothing is worse than if you feel as a listener that uh, this or this theme has been treated in a pathetic way. What does this mean? This means that the maker is... Uh, putting high effects on sentimentality, on pathetic aspects and amplifying emotional layers by using, for example, a type of music or whatever, or even in the text. So there's a level that you lose credibility if you go too far in the pathetic. And The bridge or the march is small between being honest and straightforward and pathetic because often in features we deal with uh, painful items, people being alone, being sick, having mental, mental problems, people not being able to realize whatever dream they have in 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 their lives and if you dive into the universe yeah you surely will discover painful moments can be moments of their, their diary or even during an interview that they fall, fall down into into tears this, this this can happen So I have an idea to be very careful with this kind of emphasizing on too much emotional and sentimental approach. I would have the tendency, if I see one tear coming down, for, uh, falling down from an eye, if it is a silent tear, I would not shut down my recorder. If it is a tear that makes noises, I would have a tendency to shut it down. Perhaps I, I'm, uh, I'm too noble here and that under the fire and the excitation of, of the recording, I, I would say, no, 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 let, let the tape uh, running. But uh, the tears that one keeps behind the eyes are often stronger than those who flow. And sometimes you can feel the tears even if you cannot hear them. That's true. Yeah, well, I absolutely agree. 
Yeah, it, it happens, I think, lots of times when they see someone crying, they just uh, put the microphone closer and like, yeah, cry more, cry more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But in, in my opinion, when this happens, uh, and a, a good sign for this is like a, a general listening at the IFC or at the Pre-Europa in Berlin, you are 100 people to listen to the same program. If ever the situation becomes uneasy because you are assisting to the inner pain of someone and you feel... On the other hand, the hand of the maker being there and having the possibility to say stop, no, or go ahead. Uh, if on the hundred people, and you can hear this in the discussions afterwards, if, if more than half of the people feel uncomfortable, the man or the woman has, has gone too far. But as, as long as there is no real answer to this kind of of questions, the better it is for us. Because nothing is worse than rules. And you can do this or this and you have to avoid that and that. Sometimes things that in mind are horrible into our ears, we can accept if we have a kind of context and if we understand, if we don't understand the context, then it's something like just air. Uh, uh. Mm. Well, yeah, it's hard. But why do you actually like features and documentary making? Oh, I, I think it, it's very, very simply, <laughs> simply said. Uh, I think it's realizing that if you mix different sources of human communication, by this I mean spoken word, also poetry, of course, silences, music, I adore music, and then all kinds of sounds. And if you try to use each of them as a part of a stylistic medium, which is radio, and in which each of them has the, the same rights that you give wings to your message, and your message it becomes like a bird, like a butterfly. It's stronger, it's deeper, it's warmer, or it is more painful, can happen also, than just what I can write down. We made a program about uh, old people in Alzheimer's home, eh? people of 80, 90 years old. And our reporter asked to an old lady, what are you doing here the whole day? And she turns her face to the nurse said, hey, nurse, what I am doing here the whole day? This is radio, a voice, so much stronger than a poem or a writer could say it. It's just a glimpse or a slice of life. Nurse, 
what I am doing here the whole day. And it's only there. It had been taped by by a microphone. It has been set. It, it's like, I don't know if this has something to do with that, but if sometimes I think to myself, if for everything that happens in life, every idea we have, every feeling, every fear, every admiration, if for all this we would have had the right word, only one word, there wouldn't be, there wouldn't exist poetry. Poetry exists because they, they are they are operating in between two words, and there's a gray zone, and because the shock of two or three words comes one idea that you cannot define with another word. Uh, it, 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 it's. Uh, and in radio, we can have the same effect of non-direct understanding from what we hear, but we feel we feel it, and we might get how do you call it uh, on our skin. In Czech, it's husikuše. Yeah, husikuše, In Czech, we feel it, and and uh, the little hairs on our arms are. Are raising. Quel mystère, hein, madame? It, it, it's, uh, it's, it's not easy. So that's the reason why, why you like radio and. I was I was uh, eleven years old, I think. Uh, I had to give a lecture at school, but perhaps I have told you that a lecture at school. The students did it about. Uh, mushrooms or space space engines or whatever I did I gave my lecture about the Belgian radio and television who was situated in Brussels in a building of 1910 something like that a Jugendstil building uh, shaped in the form of an ocean streamer an ocean boat so and I wrote to this uh, society for Belgian Radio and Television, and I gave my lecture about that, because at that age, I was listening to the radio, a small radio with my ear very close. I felt a kind of, of magic for this, and still now, it's such a, a simple, minimalistic medium, and so poetic because when you look to the scale of these old radio stations you saw Leningrad, Moscow, Reykjavik, Laponia and without any effort you could listen more or less often it was just a bizarre sound but that voices could travel like this and that each of us in all those cities, made the same effort in the same years to communicate, to tell each other stories, to warn each other, or to to make some other people cry or have fear by very well-made uh, crime stories. 
on, on Twitter. It's it's still one of, one of the, the, the the sweetest medium I know. Yes, media I know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> is it love for you? Is is the radio love for you? It's like <laughs> yes, yes. I, I think I think in a certain way. Yeah, I wouldn't say I listen still very much radio, but uh, of one thing I'm sure. I never, in terms of of my profession, made the wrong decision. No. It it was radio, and and I never was bored bored by this uh, job. I have to say that I had the chance that in my station. Uh, I could do the job in the way I liked it till now. And yeah, now 217 times are changing. It's less easy than before. There's less money. There is less possibility to make your your field recordings everywhere and whenever you want. But on the other hand, I discovered that a lot of young people are discovering the digital ways of editing at home, which is so much easier and less expensive. And there's a whole scene of young people who via iPod have contact with with each other. Uh, what do you think? What is the future of the radio? Because in many countries, for example, in Czech Republic, they say that uh, radio is dead uh, medium. Sometimes, like some young people, they don't listen to it. And uh, some of my friends actually, they told me like, why do you work for radio? It's it's dead medium. It's like, hmm. what do you think is the future? Of course, we we never know. It's true that the technology now leads us to ways uh, where the access to uh, music, to news, to whatever human uh, uh, human stories uh, is much more easier than before. But it's to forget one thing. If you are a young woman or a young man, you have two children, you have to go and work during the day, You have to prepare the children for the day. You have to put them to the bathroom. You have to uh, prepare breakfast. I once wrote an article. Um, I can I can find it back, but shortly it said that uh, at seven o'clock in the morning or eight o'clock, even not me being an older person, but who has the time? to uh, look for him or herself for the right medium to consult in the morning and an easy way. Because you don't want to find yourself in a position that you put jam on the toothbrush of the children or that you throw away your baby in the washing machine because of too much stress. You want to have someone who helps you coming through the day and to bring you into the day. What is more easy 
then to go to your radio receiver, your pre-selection button, and now I want to hear Praha Uno. Or I want to Brussels one, I don't have to to clear, uh, I don't have the time to touch a computer because my hands are, are, are dirty. I'm cleaning a baby. Just And I hear a voice of someone, of someone whose job it is to have looked through the whole night what is new in the world and what is worldwide for you to hear now. I said, chapeau. Merci, monsieur, because now I, I have avoided to put the baby in the washing machine or, 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 or to have put jam uh, or, 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 or uh, toothpaste on the toast. So you cannot do everything in life yourself. So in that sense, if radio can maintain its position, to be there when needed and not being disturbed by an enemy or, or someone else trying to, to find its place, then it's okay. They say, since 30, 40 years, they say that radio is finished. It's still there. I'm not someone who is going into the streets behind the flag and say, hey, vive radio documentary. No, no it, 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 it's stupid. It comes like it goes. But still, it's there and it still has the craft. I always say radio is the only medium that can make us blush in the dark. I don't know what I mean by that, but it sounds well. It sounds like a radio should be. In the dark, a voice is talking to me and I blush. This is the sense of intimacy. I hope it will stay with us for a long time. Do you think that uh, something like that could happen with television or with some some other mediums? I think that the charm of uh, radio is that it leaves such a big liberty to the human person to imagine images by what I heard, what I hear. Television shows everything. A good example is uh, once in our program we had a program about teenage mothers, girls of 13, 14 years who became mother. Now we all have seen images, so many on television, uh, of uh, in movies, hospitals of girls of 13, 14 years attending a baby with all the concrete scenes and the images. But on the radio, you don't see if this girl is 1 meter 60 or 1 meter 80, if she's brown or dark or light-haired, if her name is Sylvie or, or Berenice or whatever. You only hear her crying of the pain, the normal pain of a woman delivering a baby. And on radio, it is like you hear every girl in the whole world at this very difficult age, 13, 14 years, to put on the world a new human being. On television, you see everything. 
you see the hair, every detail. So I think radio gives some more occasion to imagine and to feel your personal emotion towards that. When something is thrown too flat into your face, it loses often a little bit. This doesn't mean that radio is better than television. I don't believe in this story. It's, it's, it's different and you listen to it on, or you hear it or you look to it in different occasions. And anyhow, and I have known so many good radio people who moved to television and who are still very good at television also. But I don't put a cross on radio and say, okay, time to go now, my fellow. No. I, 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 I hate people who only swear by television. I even sometimes, uh, there are things I would never say. Often people tell, ah, radio, it's the theater of the head. It's a cinema of the head. Sometimes I hear radio so badly done that I don't see anything. And sometimes I see, I look to television programs, and my God, uh, radio never, never could, could do this because it's not the good medium for that. But as I told you, I never would walk in the street radio. No, no. I like it very much and, and I, I never was bored by doing this job. Absolutely. And the magical moments are there when you are doing the final mixing. It's okay. These words I should never touch. Sorry. I should never touch. This, they ask for a little bit, uh, a little signal. For example, it's the voiceover who introduces a new chapter in the story, so it would be easy for a listener if I add a little bit music. It's a signal. Eh? Here's our lady of the voiceover. She will announce something so that they can more easily follow the story. But well, I feel it like a kind of intuition. Yes. Oh no. And of course, I can. I can be completely wrong. And and the sensibilities of sounds and music they changed through the ages huh? enormously. I was raised in a generation that we we we, we don't have to, to 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 take. We have to take care not to put too much music in a in a red documentary. But I hear now young people putting music from the beginning to the end. And it gives a certain urban beat to their program. Oh my God, it's good. It fits, it fits into their world vision and their urban sensibility. Say, okay, who am I to say not too, many, too much music? On the other hand, sometimes I hear, my God, you spoil everything now by putting uh, Béarnaise or mayonnaise upon, uh, upon uh, some delicious uh, meat that doesn't need anything and certainly not need 
to enhance the delicate taste of a pure gourmet meat and you are putting psh, 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 psh. now yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah well we have now one hour and half recorded actually we are doing good work <laughs> in yeah. fact yes yes because i was a little bit afraid before coming here you are coming uh you worked the, you 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 had a long a long trip you had been tired to come here straight you know let's first have a coffee or something mm-hmm. like that yeah. yeah on the other hand i said if the first day already we managed to record something that you can use it's okay it's a little bit better for my voice if i share over two days than over one but i'm not unhappy in the sense that I was <laughs> I was present I I I I was there and then uh And actually with your voice it's like uh, do you have some like problem like some medicine problem there or like No not 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 yet uh it depends from from day to day but I have an examination every three months with uh with the doctor who looks through it or to my I said since the operation everything is okay uh, we will follow it closely uh, every three months but I have no problem I will never have my voice the voice that I had before it will always be something like this but I don't think it think about it anymore i have followed uh, speech therapy during one year at the hospital there. I guess I guess it helped, but if I compare to yeah when we were together in um, in Lublin, there yeah, it was the worst. I could hardly say something, but nevertheless, it was so nice to have seen you. <laughs> in Dublin. But now now c'est la vie, it is like it is and and I don't have to sing, I don't have to present um uh, but you have this, you know, sexy low voice. You can <laughs> <laughs> you can do a dubbing for some movies or something. No, no. no. Okay. Well, um i have still some more questions, <laughs> but uh, do you want to continue now or? Like it's up to you. It's 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 up to you. You know, so I will I will just not to change. The May I? Of course, of course, but be careful. It's like forty something. It's a strong one. Yeah, yeah. I don't have to drive. <laughs> Me neither. So, <laughs> like in many countries. When they do an interview with a person, they usually do it in some studios or some some somewhere. So the sound is like very good, very clear, but it's a bit sterile for me or like I don't know. Um we in Czech Republic we do it mostly somewhere outside and there's this dirt, you know, this recording dirt, you know, some uh, sounds, mm-hmm. you know, somewhere. And like what's your 
experience actually with recording. Do you, do you record in studio or do you think it's better or isn't it a bit sterile, you know, it's like... I wouldn't say it is more sterile, but I think all, all parts uh, from the character, who he, he or she is, where he, she works and so on. So it would be very strange for me to interview a nurse of a home of people suffering from dementia in a radio studio. It, it would be very strange. But if I, like in the same program, uh, an actor is reading from a book, it would be very strange to record this in a public garden or in a hospital with noises who has nothing to do and I want the listener to be concentrated on this scene. Sometimes I'm very disturbed if someone is talking about his or her life. We interviewed Mrs. Uh, Janowska, a uh, writer in Moscow, and we found her back in the café where she spent many years in her youth. As a listener... I don't care where she spent her years. And the fact that she was there 30 years ago in this cafe, it doesn't bring me anything. I just want to hear the voice. And then I would whether choose for a radio studio, but I would like also to make life easy for people. So say, can I come to your home? In her living room. And perhaps she can interrupt the interview by saying, look there, that was my dad. You'll see the picture. Wait, I will bring it to you. But not in a cafe with people talking about all other things. But why couldn't you choose a place more quiet? This really disturbs me. But if it is someone who is talking in... Uh, abstract way, giving an analysis or reflection upon something that happened, that can be perfectly done in a studio. And and if ever you want to put music on it, you, you, you can. It, but this doesn't need birds on the background. But why, why these birds? Wasn't there any place that you could find where it was more quiet? than here in, in the public garden, because this public garden does not add anything at all at, at what, the, what the man or the woman has to say. So do you like this? I don't know how to... How, do you call it somehow the dirt, you know? The yeah, but I never, I never understood that. I never understood that. Some people say, yeah, but I want it more dirty. Uh, but what do you mean by dirty? I think it was in... Uh, Stockholm, an interview where cars were passing by. And cars... But why are the cars? It doesn't have any any meaning. It's dirty, dirty. But dirty without any... <laughs> any added value. And if, if a sound is too clean... I listen to the voice of this man and his rich voice... And I don't care that it's, it's too clean. I never understood very well that uh, I, I preferred a little bit more dirty. 
And then if you ask me, but what do you mean by by? Oh, I don't know, but that's so so plastic, you know. It has no no soul in it. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, thousand people, thousand opinions about how. There was a golden age in that sense that uh, for organizational reasons and financial reasons, feature makers could allow themselves to work on one feature for six months, nine months, sometimes one year. They could travel, there was money for them to travel, They could use a studio, I wouldn't say every day, but, but overall during six weeks with one technician specialized in radio feature. So in that sense, they had enormous uh, facilities. That's true. And secondly, they were accepted as a kind of artistic radio people or a mixture of journalistic and aesthetic work together. It was a genre, it, it was accepted, and they had their slots. One hour a week, two hours a week. So, in fact, these were the golden years. And then came the years where more and more every station had to make its financial calculation. How much cost a studio? When I began, that was not not the point of the day. But little by little, they counted it. Okay, you lose, that's how much. And it had a price. And then they said, five days a week with two technicians for one program of 35 minutes, no. It's too expensive, it's too expensive. Of course, we were a little bit helped then by the coming up of the digital editing and that mostly young people, because that they were more clever with, with, with this uh, technology, were able to edit their own, their program. But on the other hand, there was also on the editorial side difficulties But who is still listening to programs of 30 minutes or 40 minutes? And even in, 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 in the Scandinavian countries or France, 50 minutes. So the general attitude was, that is too long. And little by little they came to, let's say, a feature slot of one hour. But within the one hour, three features of 15 minutes or 8 minutes, something like that. So it shrinked. It shrinked down to a lower. Now there's a new uh, phenomenon. It's the, this podcast who are not broadcasted, really. 
but you can consult them and list to them on the website of the of, of, of your station. So this gives much more possibilities. But I couldn't see at this point that the quality, since the podcast is there, is better. It's probably more popular. Like it's more popular and it's there. And who are we to say that it's better or, or, or less better? Huh? If you can say which years were the golden age and which years? I would say perhaps the golden years, 1985 till 2000. <coughs> Some water? I can... No, 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 I, I will not. It, it's okay. Teresa, mm -hmm. are you good at taking uh, a picture of a stool? Uh, I can try it. <laughs> mm -hmm. Of course, like, let's do it if you want it, to. It's it, it just to keep a, a, a memory of... Okay, okay. Yes, now we can see each other. Like we can see. Yeah. Okay. It's like selfie. <laughs> and with the microphone. Of course. Okay. So, okay. How? Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> uh, yeah. Press this one. <laughs> Voila. <laughs> That's amazing. I wonder if we should continue today. What do you think? Well, What do you prefer? Uh, uh, um, like tomorrow we have all day, so it's we have plenty of time tomorrow. But I think I will talk better tomorrow than today. If you think so, we can we can stop now and continue tomorrow. I have I have noted here. I have written a text that you have. I think I have sent it about the importance of sound, mm -hmm. um, the text ended with an inquiry, what is the most impressive sound you ever heard? And in this inquiry they said, a knock on the door. This was the most impressive because it was a sound that announces a succession. What's going going to happen after that if you have a knock on the door? Or simply, who is there? Is he too late? Is he too early? Is it the police? Is it... Uh, another woman that I don't expect to come here. So only in the sound there is, you expect something. And this makes that the sound is not only a sound as such, which is never interesting. A sound of uh, the Niagara Falls. Water, 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 it's nothing. It needs to have a context. Hey, qu'est-ce qui se passe là, qu'est-ce qui vient? And I have written a text, uh, I think, in the frame of your uh, work. Sound will be a very important item. And it's a text, uh, I, have it, uh, I have it there. It's one page and, and a half. 
So this could be an item, the real sound and the sound that is what is symbolized by this by this sound. And then serendipity. You look for something, but you fi- you find something else that you were not looking for. And this uh, comes very close to your question concerning a topic. A topic, okay, I look for that. But if you ask, for example, for the agenda of someone, hey, but I'm, I'm losing my topic, but I'm discovering something completely else, which in fact sounds much more interesting to me than, than, than this topic. So serendipity, finding something that you don't, didn't expect at all. What a charm for a storyteller, be he a radio maker or a poet or what else, whatever, he finds something that he didn't expect. C'est beau dans la vie. Eh? Agenda, that we, 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 uh, we have talked. Ah, scenes, I don't know. That's for tomorrow. That's so important. Scenes, 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 scenes. I told you in the cafe where we sat in in Vienna, I think, uh, that uh, one of, of the young colleagues at my station said, I have to interview a bird surgeon. Someone who has to, uh, to operate birds after a, a collapsing ship's oil and so on. And the man said, oh, I have no time, I, I have to. I am in the operation unity. Yeah, but couldn't I interview while you were operating? Okay. And then she's, he is operating. Look, now, I have to take away this little bone. It's in the way and it's infected. It's not easy, but I think I, I, think I will be able to handle it. Yep, I have it. This is so different than if you interview someone who is not doing something. So doing something is much more valuable than talking. So this could be, uh, for your work perhaps, somewhere an approach where you can attach different productions to this. In best programs, they are scenes. So, this we could do tomorrow. But up till now, I think we worked well. I think so, yeah. We, we went through almost one page. <laughs> and I have another two pages. <laughs> I have never enough. <laughs>